Welcome to the Soulful Summit Podcast, a journey to your higher self. I'm your host, Haley Peel, a life coach and pharmacist, where I will help you elevate your self-care, reclaim your energy, and align with your true north. We will chat about holistic living, adventure, raising your energetic vibration, and how to connect with your higher self. Let's dive in. life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. I believe in this discomfort and life's obstacles, we can find meaning and experience transformation. Eight years ago, I walked into the Grand Canyon for a 42 mile through hike and 28 hours later emerged with swollen, blistered feet, a broken spirit, and a fear of living adventurously. Ultimately, this experience woke me up and inspired me to run an Ironman, climbed 18,000 feet in the Himalayas and returned to the 42-mile Grand Canyon rim-to-rim-to-rim hike. While I chased the next adventure, I yearned for that feeling of aliveness in daily life. I'm learning that aliveness feeling can be felt every day, not just on a mountaintop. I believe there is an inner adventurer within all of us, and that is why I wanted to create a show called Every Day is an Adventure. This show is about how difficult outdoor experiences cultivate resilience and build inner strength and mindfulness to help us live our best life. It's about how outdoor adventure challenges teach us to overcome obstacles in our daily lives and how they cultivate presence. It's choosing to see these challenges as opportunities and allowing ourselves the space for introspection and transformation. It's finding a balance between stretching ourselves and being content and truly present each day. I want to empower you to awaken your inner adventurer, and every week I will share adventures of my own and others to help you step into your own adventure-inspired life. We'll talk about ways to find that balance of stretching yourself to reach new potential, but also being more present and content every day. This is a space created to encourage and inspire you and to offer actionable tips each week to help you awaken your inner adventurer. My name is Haley Peel, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, friends. I'm your host, Haley Peel, and welcome to the first episode of Every Day is an Adventure. In today's episode, I share my first experience hiking a 42-mile through hike in the Grand Canyon. I had no idea what I was getting into, but it wound up being an incredible, life-changing experience. Let's dive in. A little after midnight on June 1st, 2013, I hadn't the faintest idea of what I was about to endure. It was simultaneously the most miserable and life-changing experience. I had just met a few friends at the local climbing gym, and they invited me on their Grand Canyon rim-to-rim-to-rim adventure, and they had told me the objective was to hike 42 miles in less than 24 hours with just over 20,000 feet of elevation change. 
So we would start on the South Rim and hike seven miles down the South Kaibab Trail to Phantom Ranch, and then seven miles across through the Box Canyon, and then seven miles up the North Rim on the North Kaibab Trail, and then turn around and do it again. I was not new to hiking as I grew up exploring national parks with my family, including the Grand Canyon. But this was the first true endurance adventure I had ever attempted. I had about three weeks to break in my new lightweight hiking boots as my old boots were far too heavy to wear on this 42-mile hike. So on the night of June 1st, as our group descended into the darkness of the South Rim, I quickly began to realize my mistake. My new boots were incredibly stiff and were rubbing blisters already on my heels. And about a mile or two into the hike, we meet these two fit hikers who were completing their rim to rim to rim. And they would finish in about 24 hours and they look like walking zombies. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm wondering what is taking them so long. And the foreshadowing was completely lost on me. So a few miles later, we arrive at Phantom Ranch. It's still dark. The stars are brilliant, but my feet, unfortunately, were not. We stopped and dressed my heels, and there was an intense pain, and then suddenly numbness. The pain subsided to this dull ache, and I could then focus on the hike and walking one foot in front of the other. Several miles later, we regroup at Cottonwood Campground and prepared for the next seven miles and 6,000 feet of elevation gain up to the North Rim. At this point, the sun was up, the views of the canyon were amazing, and several hours later, later, we do arrive on the North Rim. It took us 10 hours to hike 21 miles. I was exhausted at this point, but I was in pretty good spirits. Uh, That is until I took my shoes off. The collective gasp of the group nearly reduced me to tears, but I had just met these people and was not about to break down in front of them. And besides, I still had 21 more miles to go. I, in the back of my mind, I knew I could bail. There was a shuttle that I felt like I could probably catch if I if I wanted to but I had told everyone back home and at work that I was hiking rim to rim to rim so I collected myself stuffed my swollen blistered feet back into my boots and entered the canyon for a second time I had a dull pain in my feet but it was bearable seven miles down the north rim We stop again and refuel before entering the seven-mile stretch across through the Box Canyon. And because I was moving slowly, I decided to start walking a little earlier than the rest of the group. I knew the others would be close behind me. As the sun began to set, I set off towards the Box Canyon alone. There were people on the trail all day long, but now there was no one. And my mind began to play tricks on me. I began second-guessing myself. The trail is clearly marked, but I remember like stopping and looking around. and like, am I on the right trail? Why am I not seeing anybody? 
and I feel this like slight panic rising, but I keep moving forward and my friend Sean catches up with me and I sense an immediate relief. He is a talker and I just listened to his stories about kayaking and how excited he was that his wife Lucy was expecting their first son. My sense of time was off, but the time passed and the sun continued to set. But then nature called and Sean told me to keep walking. He would be right behind me. I felt that panic rising again. My body ached and my mind began this downward negative spiral. Like, what if I encounter a mountain lion behind this next bend or a rattlesnake? And the monumental task of the next 12 to 14 miles or so weighed on my mind. How was I going to get myself out of this canyon? My whole body ached. I was struggling to stay hydrated, experiencing taste fatigue. My muscles were on the verge of seizing. And I thought with every step, I might just hit the ground. I didn't know if I could walk out of here. I down salt capsules and I keep sipping my fluids, but with every step, I just have wave after wave of nausea. And after what seems like an eternity, my friend Brandon catches up with me. It's dark at this point, and he tells me we're going to rest for an hour at Phantom Ranch prior to the seven mile, 6,000 feet of elevation gain push up the South Rim. This calms me, but that underlying fear of that last uphill push still remains. When we arrived at Phantom Ranch, we walk into this eating area to rest and get some lemonade. And it was like walking into the twilight zone. I had already felt like a walking zombie and everybody was talking and laughing. And I collapsed on the bench. And I told my friend Lexi that if I ever get this bright idea to do this hike again, like I want to remember this moment. So take a picture of me because I'm never doing this again. (laughs) And we went outside, we rested, laid on the picnic tables, looked up at the sky. There are a million bright stars in the sky, but all I wanted in that moment was to be picked up from the floor of the canyon and to be set on the top of the ridge of the rim. I was completely dreading the seven-mile push uphill to the South Rim. As we began our long, slow march up the South Kaibab, my mental state continues to deteriorate. I am delirious. I begin to hallucinate seeing like Disney characters. Every step is, is a question of whether I will collapse or continue. I start to feel intoxicated just due to sleep deprivation. Uh, Brandon tells me when to eat and drink and another friend carries my pack. I try to focus on my friend Dan's footsteps in front of me. It's like a meditation. And as the sun begins to rise for a second time, his feet give me something to focus on. And with the darkness of the night lifted, I just, I feel like sensory overload. I feel overwhelmed by the scenery and the fact that I am still in this giant hole in the ground. I want nothing more in this moment than just to be out of this canyon. The beauty was completely lost on me. Dan doesn't tell me, but he begins to increase his pace with the hopes that I can keep up 
And in my trance-like state, I am able to focus on his feet and increase my pace as well. As we approach the top of the rim, a mule train greets us along with their manure and urine smells along the trail. This is just the perfect way to end this death march. After what seems like an eternity, we do emerge from the canyon and I am just this wave of relief washes over me. It took us 18 hours to make it back across the canyon for a grand total of 28 hours of this whole rim to rim to rim trip. And in the aftermath of this trek, I could not wear shoes for a week, just flip-flops. I experienced temporary nerve damage and probably a little post-traumatic stress. I, I either couldn't sleep, couldn't fall asleep, or I would wake up in the middle of the night, like panicked, like, where am I? I had canceled my trip to Kilimanjaro for the following February. I was scared, felt that I had been reckless. This Grand Canyon experience really shook my confidence. I had never been in a situation in which I had to heavily rely on someone else to get me through safely. I had always been the strong one uh, growing up, um, playing sports, and, and always like encouraged others to keep going. But this was the first time I had done any endurance activities before. And as I processed this event over the next several months, I realized I had a choice to make, either live life within my comfort zone to play it safe or not. And eventually I chose the latter. I, I went ice climbing. I completed an Ironman triathlon. I climbed Mount Rainier, even though the weather prevented us from summiting. And eventually decided to tackle rim to rim to rim for a second time. And it was a success mentally and physically, and we shaved 10 hours off the original time. This just was an immensely challenging and, and yes, somewhat traumatic experience, but it was something that I will never forget. And as I processed over, over the years, really, there are some several takeaways that I will always keep with me. And it's the first one is mindset related, and it's do something that scares you or that stretches you. It doesn't have to be hiking rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. It can be signing up for a half marathon or striking up a conversation with a stranger, or maybe it's planning a weekend getaway by yourself. It's, you know, by seeking these like new challenging experiences, we're firing and wiring new neural pathways in their brain. Um, you'll gain confidence and find that you can do hard things. And for me, it's given me perspective on like not sweating the small stuff. Um, and for me, it's, I've learned these endurance hikes are a portal to feeling intensely alive. I think for me, these endurance experiences are a way to kind of wake me up and my brain, they're new experiences. So my brain is like taking in everything. I think it's easy to get stuck on autopilot of our daily lives and it's doing kind of the same routines over and over and we don't even, you know, hours, days go by and it's like, where did the time go? And I think these, doing something different, doing something that scares you, it, it brings you into that present moment and, and helps you, helps me anyways, become more, more present. Eckhart Tolle talks about in his book, The Power of Now, 
the reason why, why folks engage in dangerous activities like mountain climbing or car racing or other adrenaline seeking activities is that it forces them into the now. And I can totally relate to that. It's, he, he, go, he goes on to describe the feeling of being intensely alive. It's free of time, free of thinking, free of problems, free of the burden of personality. He goes on to say that, unfortunately, these folks can come to depend on that feeling to be in that state, but that it doesn't have to come through these adventures, that we can enter it now. Uh, this is something that I'm, I'm still working on through meditation and, and uh, breath work and things, but I, I still love kind of pushing myself through these endurance activities. And it's, it's true, like this free of time, free of thinking, it's just you're totally in your body and you're dropped in and engaged in what's in what's before you. Everything else just kind of drops off and I love it. Uh, the other thing is that a takeaway is physical preparedness. This is a trip to certainly train for and the amount of physical preparation depends on your current state of physical activity. And so just for a frame of reference before this trip, the longest run or hike I had ever done was one half marathon a few years before. Uh, I was a pretty strong cyclist and I had completed one century or hundred mile bike ride in a supported flat race, but I had no idea what to expect or how to really train. And I really underestimated the difficulty of this hike. But one of the best things you can do is find stairs and put on a backpack and walk up and down the stairs an hour, hour and a half, at least three times a week and just modifying depending on where your starting point is. And slowly increase your weight in your backpack and ideally practice with more weight than you will carry on your trip. I like variety in my workout, so I will incorporate trail running and cycling as well. It's really important to have a strong core and build strength. And this is a simple recommendation, but I've started stretching and using a little cross ball about five to 10 minutes before I go to bed most nights. And wow, it has made a huge difference in my mobility and flexibility and really lessens the soreness for the next day. So I highly recommend creating a habit around stretching. From a gear standpoint, the number one recommendation I have, this is so big, your feet are so important to keep healthy uh, on any of these trips or endurance activities, but it's to have comfortable trail running shoes for hiking or running the Grand Canyon. I also use body glide on my feet and I wear Njinji toe socks to help prevent blisters. And I do bring a spare pair of socks. I like, I'll bring a lightweight long sleeve shirt, a buff and a hat. Um, a wide brim is nice if you have it. I will also add a link in the show notes to download my free Grand Canyon trip guide that includes a gear list and links to the gear that I use, a training plan, and my food menu for the hike. So speaking of food, nutrition is person-specific, and this was a huge learning for me, and I gained a lot of knowledge about how my body reacts on this trip in this climate, as well as during my Ironman triathlon training. So for me, I hydrate with coconut water and water with noon tablets about 48 to 72 hours prior. Um, it is a desert, and so very coming from the humid south, I definitely try to hydrate quite a bit before going on this trip. And then during the trip, I will use Scratch Labs to mix with my water. Again, links will be in the show notes to download that trip guide. On long endurance trips, taste fatigue can occur, so it's really important to have different flavors 
So for food, I like high calorie salty foods that just taste good to me. So as I reflected back over this experience, I, one of the biggest things I discovered is my why that still holds true today. I believe in discovering my full potential to be better than myself, to challenge my physical and mental limits. I believe in challenging others to discover their potential and push their limits. I truly believe that life does begin at the edge of your comfort zone. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Here are the takeaways. Number one, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Do something that stretches you. Number two, train with a pack and gradually increase the weight to more than you will carry on your trip. Find stairs or a steep hill and hike for an hour or so a few times a week. Number three, comfy trail shoes are so important. I do not recommend hiking boots for this trip. Number four, nutrition is person specific. Train with what you plan to eat on the trip. Nothing new on the day of the hike. Number five, hydrate 48 to 72 hours before and during the trip, including electrolytes, not just plain water. Number six, find a great group of fellow adventurers to share this amazing experience with. Number seven, take pictures. The views are incredible and the experiences will be one you won't forget. If you're interested in my gear list, training plan, and trip logistics, I have a link to the free download of my Grand Canyon trip guide and episode show notes. Also, if you want to check out the story and pictures of this first trip, including pictures of my feet, you can find them on my website, haleyscomments.org, and I'll share a link in the show notes. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want you to know that I am here to support you. So if there's a question you have or a way I can support you, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at Haley's Comments 310. I'll be sharing episodes twice a week and I'm excited to connect with you and learn new ways we can all wake up to the adventure of our lives every day. I'll talk to you soon. As a busy woman in the corporate world, I experienced success in the traditional sense. A good job, a house, friends, and family, my dog Fitzroy, I had a lot to be grateful for. Yet something still felt off. I felt like I was just going through the motions without any real sense of purpose or fulfillment. I struggled to find work-life balance. I felt like I was always on the go, juggling multiple responsibilities. I had lost touch with who I really am and what truly makes me happy. I was living on autopilot. What do you do if you feel overwhelmed and exhausted all the time, like you're constantly running on empty? What do you do if you can't seem to switch off and just relax? Even when you do have downtime, your mind is still racing with work and family worries. If you feel this way, you're not alone and this is completely normal. It's why I designed a quiz to help busy, successful career women in their 30s and 40s who feel their life force is being drained, prioritize their self-care, and reclaim their energy by knowing their unique self-care style. When you finish the quiz, you get your tailor-made results sent directly to your inbox. Just click the link in the podcast show notes to take your free quiz to find out what is your unique self-care style.